titles go you can eat cart sushi you want the fist kid friendly horrors epic payback like a super soaker lightning cream a high number of failures <laughs> sounds like this show <clears throat> the bull rides you coconut water and turmeric <laughs> all right guys let's do this warning what you're about to hear contains explicit language adult themes and potentially disturbing content the views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone else anywhere ever in the history of the world this podcast is intended for an immature audience and should not be listened to by anyone anywhere ever in the history of the world you know fuck it been warned it's wednesday and you know what that means wait that's not our opening (laughs) hello everybody and welcome to this week's edition of geek pod i'm your host paul i'm hugh and i'm not corbs i'm kev (laughs) no uh kev isn't Jesus Christ? Corbs, yeah, isn't you're right. Kevin is not Jesus Christ. You're I am not. Right. Believe, believe me. Believe you. I'm not. <laughs> he is not Jesus Christ, and neither is Corbs, who is not with us tonight. He is. Uh, he's recovering. It was. It was his turn to get the Ronas. Um. So he, he's doing all right. I've been in touch with him every day. He said it's basically kind of like a, a a really bad flu, and he's over this shit. He's. <laughs> So uh, he, he plans to be back next week um, doing all of his exciting things that he does here. Uh, moving on, guys, what's got you geeked? Well, I can tell you it's definitely not AMC deciding they're going to start charging more for bigger movies, which is pretty messed up. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but uh, no. they're charging a dollar more for t- at least a dollar more for tickets to see the Batman than they are other movies Ooh. in the same time slot. And they're they're experimenting with this, um, and I'm just I'm just I understand why, but I feel like that's a really slippery slope. Mm-hmm. You know, movies are one of the. Pl- I mean, if you want to raise the prices of a ticket, okay, but raising the price of the ticket based on what the ticket's for, that's kind of messed up. Um, but you know, I, I bring that up because what has me excited is movies, and uh, it's. Specifically, the Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th franchises. Um, We have been, after going through all the other horror movies we could think of that were kid-friendly-ish, we ran out of movies, and I went, and uh, Friday, the Friday series wasn't bad. Uh, We were able to, like, skip through parts. I'm sorry, then at the Friday, the Nightmare series. Um, But uh, Friday the 13th, I actually went through and manually edited all 11 films, if you count Freddy versus Jason, to remove the really bad parts so that our, our daughter could watch them. And I don't mean like the nudity. She knows what boobs are. She knows what sex is, but she doesn't need to see Crispin Glover like going at it in, you know, Friday the 13th part four. So edited out the, the really graphic parts. Um, 
And we, uh, we got through the Nightmare series. Um, she really sympathizes with Freddy a lot, especially the reboot Freddy, the creepy pedophile one. She's like, but it's not his fault. He just likes those children. Those people burned him. He should he should kill them and get back at that. It's, it's ridiculous. You remember I told you she sympathized with Gollum and Lord of the yeah. Rings? Same thing. She always sides with the wrong people, no matter what it is in life. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it blows my mind, but you know, we, we finished uh, Friday the 13th part four tonight and uh, she was getting really angry because she's like, why? No, don't go there. Don't go back in the basement. Get out of the house. These people are stupid. I'm losing brain cells watching this. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then at the end of that movie, if you recall, Corey Feldman uh, playing uh, Tommy Jarvis shaves his head and then kills Jason. Well, when his sister leaves the house, and says, Tommy, you know, I'm going to lead him away. Get out of the house as soon as I'm gone. She goes into the other house, her and Jason, fucking cat and mouse. And she gets back and she's like, Tommy, I told you to leave. Well, when Tommy kills Jason at the end, she's like, she's so immature. She should have saved him. He ended up saving her. He's more mature than she is. I don't know why she thinks mature. I think she means responsible, but she just doesn't get it that the reason that happened is because he didn't do what she told him to. It's her fault. I'm just, I, I cannot wrap my head around this 10 year old's logic at all. Which, which interestingly enough, leads me into uh, something I, I have to bring up. I guess this is as good a time as any because we're talking about it. Because um, after the movie, uh, we were supposed to have uh, an appointment tonight, but it got canceled and she really wanted to go to the store. So we go to Price Shopper really quick. Um, oh, it's supposed to be really quick. So I go there, I grab a couple things of sushi. I see this big thing. It's a chef special. Maybe it's, you know, they have to sell it today or whatever. It was like one and a half times the normal sushi and the fancy rolls and everything. I'm all excited about this. So I place that in another package in the basket in front of me and put a, a drink on this side. As we're walking through the store, she keeps doing a tick and keeps touching the drink and touching the drink and, you know, whatever. We deal with that all the time. So I'm in the cookie aisle. And I go and my, my wife wanted these sugar-free cookies. I come back to the cart to put them in and I find that package of sushi is now in the bottom of the cart and part of it is spread all over the bottom. I'm like, what the f and then I realized what happened. Her touching the, the soda pushed it all to the side and it fell down between the, you know, the basket and the thing. Now, she can't help that. I'm not mad at her because she did that. I'm disappointed because I was really looking forward to that sushi during the movie review. Uh, but... I'm like, okay, so I scoop. What, what do you do in that situation? You have upside down sushi in your car. What do you do in that situation? You tell me. Call somebody. There's a mess on aisle seven. Oh, no, it's, it's in my cart. It's not on the floor. It doesn't have cart. to be. <laughs> Park the what? cart, walk away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I shoved it because only a few rolls fell out, you know, but they were on the bottom. I'm not going to eat them. Put them in there, close the package, set it on the shelf like you do, and I'm going to walk away. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like in Walmart when you see eating chicken bones and shit and they leave the package there. You know, I, I wasn't trying to pull a fast one, but there's nobody at the sushi counter. They barely have enough people to run the registers. You know, I'm just going to set this here. They'll take care of it later. And when you do that, you leave it for other people to walk by and make jokes about, oh, look, shelf stable, stable sushi. Because that's what I do every time I see something that's supposed to be refrigerated on the shelves. So I go, Avery, come on. She's like, Daddy, what are you doing? I look around. There's people in the, in the aisle. She's like, no, you can still eat that. No, don't put it on the shelf. It doesn't belong there. Put it back. We'll buy it. You can still eat it. You should eat it. That's wasteful. Don't leave it on the shelf. I'm like, 
God. She ratted you out. Oh, she she is. I'm going to get her back. The next opportunity I have to publicly humiliate her, she's going to hate me being her father more than she already does. Hugh, I don't know what you did, but this payback is epic. that's that's pretty good um we have to come up with something good because i think the last time you publicly publicly humiliated her was on here when we uh named an episode after slapping you yeah 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 so i don't know i i I don't i can't come up with a good title out of that you know right says eat cart sushi i don't know (laughs) Even when we got home and I told my wife about it, she still kept trying to say that I should have paid for it and eaten the sushi. I'm like, get me. She ruined it. She won't even eat a she she won't even eat a cookie if she's touched it. She has to hold everything with a paper towel. I'm supposed to eat sushi that's been on the bottom of a cart cart. that I pulled out of a cart return outside. Right. That's definitely another bout of corona there. That's oh yeah. So I don't know if I'm geeked or not, man. It's a fucking weird day. Let's move on. All right, Kev. Wow. What's, what's got you geeked, buddy? Why do you make me follow this? <laughs> oh, I, How do you I, I'm, follow I, that? I, I'm sorry, Corbs Jr. I, I'll tone it down next time. <sighs> Holy shit. No, I only have one word for what's got me geeked. Birthday. 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 Birthday with an F. Birthday. Oh, it's your birthday on monday oh happy monday. birthday and i went and picked out my birthday present today had Wait, to order it. you had to pick that out yeah we're all done with the whole you know here's your surprise it's so nice and then we just spend all sorts of money on crap that we know we like and you know we the other one likes whatever but now it's just more about all right there's something epic that you know that you want or you you know you've been looking forward to so let's just go do that so we did that. What'd you get? Really uh, not what I wrote in the notes. Uh, what did you write in the notes? Wait a minute. What did I miss? And you keep talking at the same time? Because... <laughs> oh, you keep writing notes? <laughs> what is wrong? Wait a minute. No, that's not it. Birthday. The uh, You didn't write anything. Oh, you didn't finish it. You didn't finish the cell. You never hit enter. Shit. Well, that ruined that joke. Well, yeah, there you go. And that's, Is it there now? It. I still don't see it. What the hell? It might take a second to refresh. Anyway, whatever. Okay. So no. So here's that. the. So here's the thing. So, I I don't know how everybody feels about this. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I live in the country. I'm a redneck. It's that it's that simple. Um. The 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 last time I legally carried a a sidearm a pistol was when I was in the service, and I only did it when I was um, an armorer's assistant for a very short period of time. Um, and well, and I was also a 60 gunner, so I carried an M60. M60 gunners carry a 1911 at that time, it was 1911. We didn't have a 92 uh, the yet. So, for a very, very short period of time, I handled and had to qualify with uh sidearms and carried you know all sorts of long arms and did all sorts of you know crazy stuff with those. I've always had guns, I've always had shotguns and rifles, and I've always hunted and things like that, you know, on and off hunted. I don't, I don't really make a big serious thing out of it i haven't really been out in the woods much in the last few years but the wife and i went we got our pistol permits and nice today i went out and i picked out my very first pistol that i will own it will be mine and i will i will have it and i will have to maintain it and and keep it safe and and hug it and kiss it and all that fun stuff no no i don't do that kind of shit 
But um, I'm very, very, very excited because I did a lot of research. Um, there's a lot of really good um, equipment out there. A lot of a lot of very nice uh, pieces. Um, and I, I I decided on one. It's a it's a brand that I've liked for a very, very long time, Walther. Um, and they they make uh, very high precision arms and have since God. 40s, 50s, something like that, whatever it was, maybe longer. I, I, I couldn't tell you the history of the company. I, um, as far as how Didn't bad 007 carry a Walther PBK? Well, uh, 007 was famous, yes. And it was the uh, Sean Connery, James Bond um, version of, um, of uh, James Bond. James Bond that carried the PPK, the small, remember the small, it was a 380, the barrel flipped up and you know, I mean, to, to clean and whatever. It was a, very, very nice, uh, very small, very accurate um, little firearm. Later on, they actually carried um, larger, newer versions of the Walters, the PP, P, um, PPS or something like that. They've got a brand new one that is not brand new, it's a couple of years old. Um, it's an iteration of another model. And it's um, uh, a lot of the people that use it and have used it and reviewed it. I've got a lot of really good things to say about it. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to getting back out on the range. And um, we're actually going to schedule an, a, um, an instructor for Kathy. She's never handled a, uh, um, uh, an auto, a pistol much at all. And she's very good with a long gun. She's very good with her 22 and shotguns. And uh, she shot AR and she shot a bunch of things at the range. And she does very, very well. She's very accurate, very good eye very steady. Um, she wants, she really looking forward to her own. We picked hers out also. And uh, so we're going to get an instructor so that she can learn the right way. I'm really not the one to teach her. There are things that I know that I could, that I could give her tips and tricks and, and, and the correct handling, et cetera, things like that. But I can't give her the kind of instruction. I can't give her the kind of peace of mind that a real instructor can. So we're going to, we're, we're on the, we're on the hunt for an instructor. Um, and I'm going to go to, I want to go, I want to hear what they say. Um, there's a lot of new techniques out there, a lot of really good, really sound handling and, um, you know, reloading and, um, just, just very, very specific techniques, especially with these new firearms, with the new optics, um, ways to handle them, ways to, um, you know, to, to get more accurate with them, to get more comfortable with them. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, spending some money on some on some lead as we throw it down the range, so very very happy about that. Very excited. Awesome. Can can I ask just uh, out of my own curiosity, what does a, a pistol like that run? I was going to ask the same thing. So the one, so oh, good question. The one I picked out um, retail last year was six hundred forty nine dollars high retail. Um, through twenty one, the retail for that gun went from five forty nine to six forty nine, anywhere in that area. They've changed. Um, they've changed the price on that. Walther actually increased the, the MSRP on it up to almost seven hundred dollars. Where I found it, and it's sold out everywhere. So we had to, the gun shop I, I worked with locally. Um, another another good thing is we've got a couple of local gun shops. I wanted to work with one of them locally because I, I like to try to you know give business to local businesses. And it's a very small you know a husband and wife shop. Um, they did not have one. Their distributor did not have one. They had to go to an, an online retailer or a retailer that has an online store. So they, 
they pay retail for it, which I'll pay to, I'll pay them retail, and I'll just pay an exchange fee um, or a transfer a transfer fee um, to them. So uh, it ended up ended up being six forty nine plus tax. Um, so it's uh, and it, you could say it's it's an expensive it's an expensive firearm for something you're just going to take the range and just have around the house. And you know I'm not a police officer, so it's not like I need it on a daily basis, but um, I wanted it to be a very good, very high quality, very well thought out um, firearm with a very good history behind it. Something I could put a lot of rounds through and own for a very long time. I'm not one to, to, to buy things and resell them like that. So I'm, I, I, I think it's a good price. I think it, that range, depending upon whether it's a professional like target accurized model Versus the one I have, they could go all the way up to over a thousand dollars very easily, very quickly. Wow. So, um, and Kathy's was significantly less. It was um, four eighty, I think. Um, a little bit smaller frame. Obviously, she's got a smaller hand, so that fits her hand better. Um, not not a Walter, a different different brand. My wife will not let me have a gun. Yeah, I you know I I completely understand. It's kind of why I hesitated to bring it up, but you know what I I it. It's part of who I am. I've I've been around firearms my whole life, so you know whatever. Um, I don't I don't not something I share on social media or anything. But I'll share. Oh well, I know. I mean, I actually five, our, our, our five viewers. <laughs> I I would actually love to own one. I've wanted to. I mean, I even tried to uh, convince her to let me at least get a shotgun or a rifle. Um, you know, I mean, not necessarily just peace of mind. Um, and for when the the you know the zombie apocalypse. Zombie happens, apocalypse, yeah. Uh, you know, I'd I'm gonna have to go scrounging for one now, um, but she just doesn't. Uh, I mean, I don't think she's one of those people that is like against them altogether. Um, she just doesn't trust it in our house. She right. Wouldn't feel, she wouldn't feel safe. With I think my household would be the same way too. Yeah. And and I don't quite understand that because you know it's not like I'm gonna like buy a gun and be like, oh hey look at this new trick I did with my gun. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably barely ever gonna take it out once every six months to clean it. You know. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of trepidation from people that haven't had an opportunity to be around them. They've never been around them when they were younger. You know, they didn't grow up around them. They haven't been in a you know environment where you know they were common. So that trepidation exists where it's they don't really know well why do you want it? Why do you need it? They've never had the experience. Um, I I could suggest that maybe you get, find an instructor that has some firearms. You and your wife go. And take an afternoon and just fire a bunch of different guns, some long guns, some shotguns, some pistols. Once you've done it and once you've experienced that, I mean, you're either going to love it or hate it. <laughs> but I think I think a lot of people get a big kick out of that because now they're like, oh, wow, look what I just did. From here, I, you know, I hit that target down there and I actually did pretty good. And, you know, I improved over a certain period of time. And now I've, I've got a little bit of skill with this. And, oh, they're not so bad. It's kind of fun. Other than uh, my... Uh cousin's husband like letting me shoot a rifle when i was like i don't know like 10 or 9 or 10 um my next experience with guns um my, my first wife when we were first dating uh, i'm living with her in her parents trailer and one day she had to work and her mom had the day off i don't know if she took the day off or what she's like hey hugh i want to go do something with you she pulls a chest out from under her bed and says help me carry this to the backyard opens it up and there are shotguns handguns oh, that's all awesome. sorts of guns 
and we proceeded to target shoot. But I think it was kind of like, hey, look how many guns I have. Right. <laughs> Better be good to my daughter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was interesting. You know, I guess some people might have been intimidated, but I was actually really excited because it's the one and only time I fired a handgun. It was awesome. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I had a I had a a really good friend of mine that was a girl and and we did not date or anything. She might have dated a friend of mine or two, but she was like one of two girls and hung out with a couple of us guys. Her father was a judge. And the first time I went over there to pick her up, we were going to go out to the movies. Um, he had, I shit you not, a dozen guns on the kitchen table <laughs> cleaning them. Okay. So they're all laid out. I spent an hour and a half talking to him about all his different guns, going over different specs and different what he had. He's going upstairs. He's grabbing, bringing, look at this one. What do you think? Of, have you seen this one before? You know, by this time, I'm just like, I was, I didn't want to go to the movies. <laughs> she had to drag me out of the house to go to the movies. I, I love that guy. Love that guy. And when he died, it was like one of the most horrible days of my life. I was just so sad. But uh, yeah, that was that's hilarious. That's people, awesome. People don't get the reaction they you, they expect sometimes. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um. There you go. That's all I got. Wasn't Han Solo's blaster based off of the Walther P thirty eight? No, that was actually a um, Mauser. It's a German Mauser. You're right. Um, that's what it was. Where yeah. am I getting the Walther P thirty eight from then? Uh, it's got to be something pop culture related. So all of the guns in Star Wars, every single one of them was based on a real gun. The uh, the Star Tro the Star uh, Star Stormtroopers carried a submachine gun with a uh, German or British submachine gun. And if, and this is a little piece of trivia that's pretty interesting. They had to wear it on their left hip because when you look at the gun. The magazine came out the left side of the gun. Now, it was only a short turnaround magazine they were using, but because of that, they couldn't wear them on their right hip. There's just no way to do it. So all of the stormtroopers, they either hung them or they had them in a holster on their left hip. Mm -hmm. And it was a modified. It had a little, you know, little sighting thing they put on it. You know, they were just, you know, prop guns that just fired blanks. Um, and then there were some other ones, like some of the newer ones have been based on some other guns. But all of that is online. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of people that really break down the long guns that the stormtroopers had. They were based on an old German machine gun. Um, and if you, know the, if you know the firearms, you can actually look at them and you can see exactly what they are and you'll know what they are. Because the, the modifications really aren't that extreme on a lot of them. Right. Usually it's just enough to make them look science fiction-y. Yeah. yeah. And the, plus they needed something that would go bang. You know, because the, the, the special effects guys needed to be able to to cue in, you know, those laser blasts with the kick of the gun and you know the you know the the flat pop and the flash and all that. So it was good that they fired blanks. Yeah, right. And Han did not <clears throat> shoot first. No, wait. Han did shoot first. Yes, he did. You fucking yeah. right, he did. As he should yeah. have. I saw it until Lucas fucked with it motherfucker anyway uh guess tying into the end of that conversation uh what's got me geeked was we are at the conclusion of the epic disney vacation now we did our thing we spent the two weeks there 
uh actually just short of two weeks because we panic flew out a day early because the giant snowstorm we were supposed to get in the northeast um canceled every flight into syracuse on on that friday so we, we ended up coming in thursday night by way of detroit michigan to rochester and then out of the kindness of one of my old buddies actually jeremy jt um you guys met him at episode 100 he was the original co-host here he drove out from his house to rochester at one o'clock in the morning and picked us up and brought us home wow yeah we, we made it at home at 3 30 friday morning wow. um so yeah the last day kind of sucked last day and a half kind of sucked because we're we're in universal studios trying to enjoy that whole thing and i get the uh the email saying guess what your flights have been canceled so i got to stay up until three o'clock the next morning trying to find a way home it was good times there but up to that everything was awesome um i i reached out to you guys a couple times i think during the trip i posted a little bit of it um most of the pictures went through the the personal facebook account which i got scolded about halfway through my uh through my trip saying uh people are wanting to see pictures people being me as i understand it yeah um it was kevin <laughs> he texted me and he's like dude what the fuck um the best picture i have i have not posted yet and that was a shot from behind of me flying the millennium falcon Kristen, instead of you know doing her job in the cockpit that she was supposed to be doing was taking pictures and she caught an awesome picture of me you see me from behind wearing the geek pod hat so the the logo's emblazoned right there as i'm going through hyperspace flying the millennium falcon that's awesome yes that that will be my new profile Dude. picture and i'll throw it we're, in with this stuff we're gonna talk about that later what my the email to you guys i mean the text message to you guys or no 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 no, no. you flying the millennium falcon i'm glad there's a picture Oh God, this is going to be the new segment, isn't it? <laughs> um, it was everything I wanted it to be. Um, just galaxy's edge by itself. It was phenomenal. Kevin, I can't wait until August when you get to go experience it. May it's May, May. Okay. I thought it was August. They moved, That's they good. Moved it, they moved it up. Good. That's good. Because that means you'll be available for our appearance in August and in Vernon Downs. Um, so cool such an expensive vacation <laughs> yeah yes oh okay. my god yes uh i'm afraid to see the credit card bill um i i bought myself some really cool shit that's not here yet because it's coming back with uh my father-in-law he's driving it back for us some of the stuff is large i've got the uh i can never pronounce it the uh the hollow chessboard in the millennium falcon the the jarek game or whatever from the original movie. Oh, I, I don't ever. I don't think I ever knew what that was called. Yeah, I own it now. They they it's, made a. It's, it's not really hollow. No, they, these are actual figurines and everything of it. It also flips over to be useful as actual checkers. They have Star Wars checkers on it. Um, I had to bring something back, and it was my second choice because my first choice was a legit replica of the Han Solo vest, but they didn't have it in my fat ass size. <laughs> So I tried, I was looking. Um, so that's coming back. Uh, I got myself some chance cubes 
because why wouldn't I just get regular six-sided dice that just have red and blue stickers on them? Um, we got to do everything we wanted to do. Um, the rides were amazing. Hands down, though, I mean, if it weren't for the experience of flying the Millennium Falcon, hands down, the best ride that we were on was the Avatar Flight of Passage ride. That is disgustingly awesome. Like, that is a ride that people are waiting three hours in line to get on. And it was amazing. I didn't wait three hours for anything. We, we waited less than 20 minutes for anything. Nice. And that was due to my children's um, disabilities. So <laughs> we got to do everything much quicker. Um, so that was pretty awesome. But we, a great time was had by all. Like I said, I couldn't ask for a better one. And we had a lot of fun doing a lot of other things. Kristen got her nose pierced while we were down there. Something she'd been talking about for a long time. Um, I had the opportunity to get a new tattoo. I decided it was a bad idea to get a fresh tattoo and then be stuck out in the sun for days at a time. So that'll be happening while I'm back in town. Do you have a a hitching post where you chain her when you're not using her? Kristen? Yeah. I mean, he wishes. Right. That would be better. Well, (laughs) I'm just thinking because originally the only people that had nose rings were slaves. Well, she doesn't have it like through the bull ring. She did that. Oh, I'm just thing. saying. I'm just, just saying. saying. Uh, yeah, my my wife's nose ring piercing still. We're approaching a year, and it still gives her issues. Does it? So far, so good with Chris. She, hers has been behaving itself. Um, hold on. I just realized that I have to respond to something there. Um, but yeah, that that was what did it for me. That was so good so much cool shit i i can't even i mean i would take the entire show to have to talk about this but the one thing that, that i put in the notes that uh the high point for me was flying the millennium falcon dot 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 poorly um <laughs> i bounced it off of a, a few cavern walls um it, Did w- it, it really was... seem seem real was it really that good yes yes it was it was awesome they, they did a fantastic job with it the only problem is is you have to rely on other people like there's a pilot and a co-pilot and each one has a job takes care yes yeah, you each have a job and one person takes care of left right the other one takes care of up down and so i we all know how i am about you know letting go of responsibility so i'm barking orders at my mom <laughs> she was my co-pilot um they tell you when you have to punch it to to hyperspace and she had no idea what she was doing so i'm reaching over and slapping the hyperspace <laughs> yeah i, I kind of took over the whole cockpit myself <laughs> but it was freaking awesome and then of course now now that we've been home a week now the news comes out that that uh galactic star cruiser there the hotel is open so oh wow yeah so yeah, it's good times. I'm not going to take the rest of the show to do all this. Um, and um, I think that about does it. So uh, guys, what are you playing? Now, you know, I'm actually less concerned with what I'm playing and more concerned, Paul, with what you played on the way down to Florida. If you actually got there. I did. I mean, I got to Florida. Yes. I mean, uh, got to playing. I didn't get to play it. I bought the damn thing. It was loaded into the switch and I never got to pull it out on the plane. Oh, that's too bad. 
and then the whole time at the resort i obviously didn't get to play that because the kids were around and then like i said the flight back was pretty damn hectic so that wasn't a thing i watched a really really great movie on the way back instead you're reviewing that right nope oh come on <laughs> i gave you guys my review via text message already uh, all right well i'm i'm still um i'm more into now dying light uh, light to uh, stay human um really enjoying the game uh a lot of people that complain saying it's not nearly as good as the first i, I mean there are some things that i i prefer the first over i don't feel like i'm far, far enough into it to really say hey if i you know like it if it's not as good but i played that a long time ago and i mean this is a pretty good game i'm enjoying myself running all over the city you know killing zombies uh the difficulty seems to be spot on like it's i find myself going finding a bed and sleeping and to to get to skip the nights so that i only go out in the day because things get a little crazy at night um, not, I mean, it's, it's not as bad as the first game was, uh, but it's still, it, the, it, it puts you on edge. And what's neat is, as you're going along these rooftops, you hear people yelling, you know, some, maybe some bandits are trying to rob someone. Someone's being attacked by zombies. Uh, there's shit going on all over the place and you can go and you can involve yourself in these altercations on your way to other places. So it, it feels oddly enough for a game about zombies, very alive nice because there's always stuff going on around that isn't a mark on your map you have to go visit uh my the only thing i don't like about the game is in the original game you could repair your weapons and this game you can't there there are some things you can like uh add a mod to it which will restore some of its durability but there is no hey i found my favorite weapon and i'm going to use it until the end of the game you're always picking up you know you you have a limit of like 24 weapons you can carry at any time and i have it full because your your weapon's going to break you automatically switch to the next one you you need to do that because it's going to happen in the middle of a fight it's all melee stuff so yeah um but yeah it's a good game i mean i i know a lot of people are disappointed i'm not upset that i paid you know, day one price for it. I think it's worth it so far. Nice. Um, if this is is good, because the one that we're talking about is right before vacation. I uh, I bought Dying Light uh, because of Hugh's rave reviews of the series. Literally, what two day twenty four hours before we were getting ready to leave. Yeah. So it was fresh in my mind, and I'm like, shit, I need something to do on the plane. So I bought it for the Switch. It was on. I what did I tell you? It was on sale for like thirty six bucks or yeah. something. Yeah. And I, I texted him while I'm standing in Walmart and I'm like, should I do this? And he's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, there's, there's something really freeing. I mean, it, it takes some time to get used to the whole free running thing. It's, it's first person, which I think is probably really forgiving because I'm sure I'm making jumps after I've stepped off stuff or too early. And they, they work that they program in for that since you can't, it's not like, um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla where you can see the character. So right. climbing things is, is much easier. Um, but once you get it, the feel for it, running along, jumping on things, zip line, just it, it's it's almost it's a game of kinetic movement. You're nice. constantly moving, and as you get to know the city, it because it starts to flow more. At first, you're you're really, and this goes for the first game as well. I mean, you're, you're kind of jittery, like oh man, I'm never going to get the hang of this. But it's one of those things. You keep doing it, it's it starts to flow. Awesome. Uh, and, and eventually, you know, especially in the first one, I mean, before I was halfway through the game, I, I really felt like I was in control of the environment, which is, is pretty neat. That's awesome. 
I am looking forward to getting into this, but it's just it, it's one of those things we we still haven't really caught up on anything. Like I said, most of our luggage still isn't here. It's being delivered to us tomorrow. So, <laughs> well, Paul, if you if you want, you can just um you can let me borrow the switch, and I'll tell you how it is. You'll play it. You can get it all figured out. I have no Star Wars games for the switch, just so you know. Um, six months ago, I probably would have said, yeah, go for it, but they just had me, uh, hook it up upstairs. So now it actually gets used. Oh. So, well, you know, I mean, I've even been thinking about picking up a switch light. I keep stopping. Cause I know there aren't enough games on there to really, um, make it worthwhile for you. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you can get them. I'm refurbished now. I mean, I, I threw one in my car at GameStop today, just you know, for the, the hell of it. It was like 154. Oh, that's I mean, not bad. Switch, yeah. I mean, you, you can get them really cheap. You know, Kev. I mean, if you, if you really want one, <laughs> I'd borrow Paul's, but I don't really want one. I mean, it's cheaper than a handgun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I did get a chance while we were there to uh, fire up one of the games for the Switch, though, and that's Lego Marvel Super Heroes Two. Oh. Uh, it was one of the ones we got when we got the switch and um, I'm going to read the the quick little synopsis for you bringing together iconic Marvel superheroes and villains from different eras and realities. This branching storyline transport players into a cosmic battle across a myriad of Marvel locations ripped from time and space into the incredible open hub world of Chronopolis packed with signature Lego humor for fans of all ages. Gamers will go head to head with the time-traveling Kang the Conqueror through many imaginative settings in the in this fun-filled journey spanning the Marvel Universe. Yeah, somebody probably got paid like 20 grand to write that. Just yeah, saying. I'm sure. Um, and, and it's cool. It, 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 it's just goofy, stupid fun for the family. Uh, we were playing two players, so it was me and one of the kids every time, and they are not good gamers. Um, you start off as the Guardians, and it's definitely movie themed guardians. There's the Milano there and the whole deal. And so you can control the whole team. They're all five of them are out there doing their thing. And you can kind of, I, I, you hit one of the trigger buttons on the right. I don't know if it's R2 or if it's some weird thing they call it for the switch. And it'll shoot you off to one of the other characters. So you get to explore with all of them and you kind of need different characters to do different things. It's pretty neat. It's the first time I played any of the Lego games. Um, like it gives you three lives, but that means nothing because when you end your three lives, you just show up again and start over. Um, but it's, it's pretty cool to play as the guardians. Cause I'm a big guardians fan. Anyway. Um, I'm waiting to get further in the game. Cause apparently Spidey 2099 moon Knight, like everybody's in this game. So I, I'm looking forward to getting further into the game. So that means probably a year from now, I'll fire it up again. So. Yep. But it's fun. If you just want a, a cool little time waster, that's that's one of the ways to go. So. And again, 10 and 12 year olds, terrible. At least mine. That's pretty typical for the Lego games, right? That my kids are horrible well, at them? Probably. No, what, well, what you described about the gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah switching yeah. characters. Yeah, I, that Is goes it? back as far as at least lego batman nice maybe further yeah yeah i'll, I'll have to report back because we also have uh, lego jurassic world in our collection oh boy so can't imagine who whose game that was right yeah <laughs> since, since you said the word jurassic can i just tell you 
with this new Jurassic Park, whatever movie coming out, it gives me the same feeling the original Jurassic Park gave me. I, I saw that we're in the wrong section for this, but since we brought it up, I saw the, the trailer during the Super Bowl. Wow. And I, I shit you not, I clapped. Like I, I did the like the, the little like little kid giggle clap. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. As soon as um Sam Neill's character came on, Dr. Alan Grant. That's just, I was so excited. I'm I'm beside myself. I can't wait to see it. Anyway. Yes. I gotta write down now. Because now I got to put that in. Giggle like a little kid. <laughs> no, the fact that we talked about Jurassic World Dominion, so now I have to link to the trailer. Mm. Um, all right, so uh, Kev, what uh, what have you been playing? Oh, I'm embarrassed to say it. You should be. I am. I'm just settlers. Just still, game. it's gotten a little bit better. Not much. But, uh, you know, back to what it used to be. They just got through the Valentine's uh, event. We're still trailing off. There's a, there's a cleanup phase after, after the, every event. So cleanup phases, you're waiting for all your explorers to come back. You're waiting for your, um, you know, your production machines to wind down. And, and uh, we're in that phase right now. So um, another couple of days and that'll be done. Nice. Um, I think there's an Easter event is next because you collect eggs for special things. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's some people that are having some really hard times with it. There's a guy in my guild that um, lost access to his account. Support, uh, Ubisoft support will not, or Blue Byte actually is what it is. That's an Ubisoft company, but Blue Byte is the, uh, is the um, game developer. Um, they will not get back to him. They will not help him get access to his original account. Ooh. And he's had that account for like five years. And so, or more, you know, level 70 in a game where, you know, level 80 is your max level. And you could probably get, I, I've actually watched people get up to level 45 or so within, you know, a month or so. But every level after that is, is very very difficult i mean it's a lot of experience it's a lot of gameplay it's a lot of um you know a, a lot of churn and burn to get to uh to those higher levels and some people they pay money for you know the gems or the thing that you can buy mm-hmm. people do that and then you see them in the global chat when they get when they get uh, upset they've had the end of it you know they're at the end of the rope they they just let it fly yeah, I've got some friends there though that I hang out with. And I'm high enough level now that I can help some other folks. So that's 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 fun for me. Still, give me something to do. Nice. But I'm just not. I'm getting to be less and less of a gamer all the time. I'm playing Just Cause Three too every once in a while. I got to tell you, I push myself farther in Just Cause Three. The storyline and the gameplay. Good stuff. It, pretty freaking good nice. there's some really neat shit in there um, they've got a wingsuit and there's this material called bavarium that not not nothing like barium um, oh i was thinking it's like the stuff inside of a donut you know the vanilla the, bar- the cream the cream yeah. yeah no nothing like that either it's this is blue and it's kind of like lightning um so if you have that reaction that. to 
if you have that reaction to cream-based, you know, foods, then maybe it is like that. Um, but uh, the you you get to this point where your wingsuit, you know, you got a wingsuit, you know, you got a parachute is part of the part of your way to get around. You got the you know the the grappling hook and that fires off your wrist, and you get a wing uh, parachute you can float around. Well, there's also a wingsuit, so you deploy the wingsuit, and now you can you know kind of float down. Well, there's a point where it becomes vivarium charged and you can actually use it to uh, accelerate and fly. Mm. So you can actually fly around. Um, and this actually got some weapons connected to it, a rocket launcher and, and uh, auto, auto cannon of some sort. So it's, it's gotten pretty cool. And um, nice. it's pretty, some of the controls are kind of difficult to master. So it keeps me interested. It keeps me interested. So there's that. I mean, that's, that's probably the, the best game that I'm playing right now. And that's, I don't know, Just Cause is what? 10 years old now eight nine yeah. years old whatever it is so. and i've still not played any of the games in that series yeah i just skip over all of them just play just cause three if you're gonna play any of them or the newest one i think what's the newest one four i four? think it's five four, yeah. it I could be five but i know there's I a know. four i don't know i'd be i'd be tempted to play the newest one you know if the gameplay got any better if the storyline got any better i'd, I'd do it <coughs> excuse me no. Nice. Don't no excuse for me. <laughs> <clears throat> Jesus. Not here. We told you that earlier. Yes. <laughs> so it sounds like it's time for Cavs Tabletop Review. Today, I want to do something a little bit different. Um, uh, I don't get an opportunity, I think you probably know this by now, to play all the games that I talk about. I find some really cool games. I like to talk about them because there's something that I would like to have and to play with friends. I don't get an opportunity to play all these games that I have, and I have quite a few, but we did get a chance to play One Night Ultimate Werewolf. I know we said we we're going to play at Halloween night. That just didn't work out. We just had too many people here and we just had just, you know, such a good time that, you know, the games just didn't come out. So we got a chance to play it uh, last weekend and uh, a friend of mine came over and, and the three of us, my wife and, and I and, and uh, my friend uh, got a chance to play it. And we had a really, really, really good time. Um, I wrote a little bit about it. It doesn't really tell you uh, the details about it. I'm going to read this and then I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about what, the, what it all means. Um, so this time is uh, my own review after having finally played the game. Uh, three of us sat down to learn the hows and wherefores. We learned very quickly that it's all about convincing the other players who you are, who you think you are, or who you are not. The goal is to get as many players as possible to single out the right or the wrong players so that your team wins. Uh, will it be the villagers or the werewolves? This game is a freaking riot, and it's one that you'll want, you're going to want to play over and over again. Now, what that means is um, there's different characters in the game. You know, there's the villager, there's the seer, there's you know, werewolves, obviously. Um, uh, there's a doppelganger. There's, um, there's, some other, there's some other really interesting characters, and you have to learn the nuances of those characters. The way the game works, and, and, I, and I did explain this in, in the original 
uh, review Opora, but you have an app on your phone. And it's very important that you use the app because what the app does is it tells you based on the players you pick and you, and you look at the game and you pick the version of the game you have, and then you pick the players that are in the game. So for a three player game, there are six different player cards that are used three that are distributed and three that sit in the middle because you have to have some that you just don't know what's going on. So you pick those six and then you hit start and then the, the uh, narrator walks you through what to do. So everybody goes to sleep. So you, you close your eyes, put your head down and go to sleep. And then it has specific player characters wake up at specific points. You wake up, you look around and you do what it says. Sometimes you just look around, you see, is there any of the werewolves? Other times you have to look at a card in the center. Um, a robber would take someone else's card and give them theirs. So now you've changed roles and the robber gets to look at the card to know what they are. Um, a, um, I forget what the player type is, but it's a, a trouble, troublemaker. A troublemaker will actually change two people's cards. So now they don't know that their character types have changed. They still think what they are, whatever was originally in front of them. So they might act like a villager or they might try to convince you they're not a werewolf. The whole idea is the more people that single out individuals, the better. So if there's three of us playing and two of us pick one person to die, then that person dies. And then the rest of the people flip their cards over. And if any one of them is a werewolf, the werewolves win. The werewolves have attacked the village and they have killed everybody in the village. If the two people that are left are villagers and the werewolf dies, the village lives and they're able to go on and play, you know, and they've lived and the werewolves have died. So that's, that's a good thing. So you have to ask yourself, do you want the werewolves to win or do you want the village to win? And then you play accordingly. If I'm the werewolf, I may try to convince you that I'm a villager try to convince the other person or the people playing that Paul is the werewolf. And if I can do so convincingly, then everybody points at Paul, Paul dies, the werewolf lives, werewolves win. So it's very, very interesting to watch someone go through the gyrations of thinking they're a villager when as a, as a troublemaker, I know I've swapped their cards and the person that was a villager is now a werewolf and they're still acting like a villager. So there's a lot of really, really interesting nuances like this to the game. People may not know who they are. They just continue to act like what they are. They have to convince themselves. I, I, have, I have played the game where I have said, I started out as a werewolf. I know for a fact that I started as a werewolf. I also know for a fact my card was switched. There's no way for me to know that because I can't look at my card once the gameplay starts. If I was truly uh, a werewolf, I don't know if somebody switched my card, but if I can convince you that it was, I'm no longer the werewolf in your eyes. So it's a very, very fun game. You play the round, once the round is done, and the narrator uh, tell you, walks you right through it. You, know, you have five minutes to figure out who's who. And once it's done, it's done, and everybody picks, and that's it. That's the way the game is played. Uh, when the when the round is done, it's done, and then you go on and you play the game again. It was nice. so much fun, so much fun, that I can't wait until we can get four, five, six, seven, eight people together and play with a much larger group, more character types, 
and just to see how it goes. It's, it, it's just, it's very, very fun. That sounds awesome. Also reminds me a bit of the, uh, the app um, Among Us. Okay. There's mm-hmm. several games like this, as I understand. Mm-hmm. This is like a genre of games where you have to convince people who you are, who you're not. Bang is very similar to this. Mm-hmm. Bang's got a little bit of a twist to it, but uh, um, it, it is, it's, they're, I will buy more games like this because, and there are more games in the series. Very so. cool. Yeah. Awesome. And now, uh, do our, our good friends at uh, Play the Game Read the Story sell this? They did. And that's where I got it. Um, awesome. uh, if you, I don't know if you remember the original review. There were two games that I bought there uh, right before Halloween. Uh, it was this one and another one that was made by um, a local company that was in Syracuse that had gone on during right. the pandemic. Um, we have not yet still had a chance to play that game, but we're going to um game pieces look great the the storyline looks great so we're we're looking forward to that uh, but yes this is available to play the game read the story um as well as some of the derivatives and i just looked on boardgamegeek.com before the show and it looks like there are expansion packs now i don't Ooh. know i don't know if it's a true expansion pack or if it's just another version of the game that can be played standalone or combined. I'm not sure how that works. Um, I think there's a way to combine games, and then you end up with more characters. You end up with more, you know, more people, and which would be, you know, a lot of fun actually. So heck yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. Really good. good time. Very cool. Well, I think it's a good time to throw it to break, and then we'll uh, we'll come back with the news. Stick with us, guys. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a keyback issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is the king of comics. charm and camaraderie that you've come to know and love. Sci-Fi Horror Fest has a new home for 2022 at the Vernon Downs Casino and Hotel in Vernon, New York. Sci-Fi Horror Fest will be held on August 26th and 27th. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is a family-friendly event featuring fun activities, vendors, and a media area with an eclectic group of podcast personalities. Exciting celebrity guest appearances will be announced soon. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to www.sci-fi-horrorfest.com. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is currently looking for volunteers. This is your chance to be a part of the fun. Please note, details of the event are subject to change due to any lasting issues due to COVID-19.
Now, before we accept that a country known for violating human rights and threatening to take over independent countries is offering to step in and stop the human rights violations and take over of Ukraine by Russia out of the goodness of their hearts, there goes our Chinese audience. Again, here's the news. First up, in Soviet Russia, the bull rides you. Sanctions and condemnations are the new thoughts and prayers. Russia began invading Ukraine under false pretenses in the past week. It's as if Putin learned from America that in the past five years, if you repeat a lie often enough, at least half of people will believe it. They claim everything from Ukraine being full of Nazis to them perpetuating genocide against ethnic Russians in the country. The world is up in arms. The entire community is angry, but not enough to actually do anything. This is basically like catching the school bully beating the shit out of someone half his size. And instead of breaking up the fight, you take away his allowance for the next week. I'm sure it's going to hurt once he's done nearly killing the kid, but does not address the current and present issue of him beating the shit out of someone half his size. Surprisingly enough, Putin's little dick energy is running into a wall of Vladimir Zelensky's enormous, big enough to see from space, solid tungsten balls. The previously thought of joke of a politician elected president of Ukraine is successfully holding back the Russian invasion for the time being. St uh, staying in the capital and digging in with his men, he has shown bravery and be is becoming a hero of sorts all over the world. The invasion so far has been an embarrassment to Russians and vodka drinking bears all across the world. Next up, Kevin Feige makes liars of us all. Another famous actor has come out as lying about their involvement in an MCU movie. Joining Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, Patrick Stewart has walked back the statement that it was not his voice we heard in the Super Bowl trailer for Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness. This confirms the Fox Universe Professor X is making an appearance and technically makes 2000's X-Men the first movie in the MCU. As far as if I can ever trust Captain Picard again, well... Shame on you, Jean-Luc. Next up, keep on rolling. So did you hear about the trucker protest that was going to roll into Washington, Washington D.C. this week to protest the COVID lockdown? Neither did I. Now talk about picking a bad week to get visibility for your cause. The Ukraine invasion story has taken up so much media time that I'm not sure they ever actually went through with it. One trucker was quoted as saying they were doing it because it was time and the lockdown has to end. <clears throat> um. What in the half the country hasn't been wearing masks anyway fuck is he talking about? China went into fucking lockdown. This was a suggestion with rules to wear masks in public places. Most of those were loosened last year, and with the exception of schools, that's happening right now as we speak. There was a barely a lockdown. Only half of us followed it, and it's been over for like a year. Are you just pissed the Canadians thought of it first? Sure, shit was closed down for a while. There were a few school clothings closings, but it sure looks to me like year two of this was just masks and vaccinations for the most part. And the left gets accused of virtue signaling. What would the opposite of that be? Well, according to the internet, it might be weakness, inefficacy, corruption, vice, immorality, or weakness signaling. But what do I know? And finally, in the palm of your hand, the latest development in Gabe Newell's quest to deliver anything and everything but Half-Life 3, Valve Steam Deck, has arrived. For those who don't know, the Steam Deck is a powerful gaming computer as a portable handheld device. It's married to Steam and has access to thousands of games right out of the box. However, not all of those games work. Most reviewers are saying it's a great technical accomplishment and works as intended mostly. Bugs are patched daily and some games struggle with the dual Linux and Windows system. Overall, it seems like it's a step in the right direction, but further iterations might be closer to the intended ideal. 
The truth is I could not build a gaming PC this powerful for the $400 this thing costs. It's amazing what they packed in there and they have half a year of pre-orders to fill. So success is pretty much guaranteed. Or they could have made Half-Life 2 and printed money. It's like the goal was pizza and there was a pizza shop next door and one on top of a mountain. So they climbed a mountain. I don't believe Gabe Newell has ever declined next door pizza. And that's the news, kids. Now, I'm sure at the top of the show, Paul told us all about his vacation to Disney and Star Wars land. Just to stay on point with my fact checking, I felt I had to interject. I saw pictures of him flying the Millennium Falcon on Facebook. If he tries telling you he made the Kessel run in 12 parsecs, don't believe him. His wife says he's only good for three parsecs at best. Paul? (laughs) In other news, more redheads are born in Scotland than in any other part of the world. Back to you, Paul. Okay, so this week's movie, as you should be able to tell, is Blues Brothers. And here's the synopsis. After his release from prison, Jake, played by John Belushi, reunites with his brother Elwood, Dan Aykroyd, collectively known as the Blues Brothers. Jake's first task is to save the orphanage the brothers grew up in from closing by raising $5,000 to pay back taxes. The two are convinced they can earn the money by getting their old band back together. However, after playing several gigs and making a few enemies, including the police, the brothers face daunting odds to deliver the money on time. The movie was released on June 20th, 1980. The director was John Landis. Music was composed by Elmer Bernstein and Ira Newborn. The budget was $30 million. And the screenplay was by Dan Aykroyd and John Landis. Um, It's a very, very quotable movie. Uh, I've got the top 10 quotes here. Uh, Number one, there's 106 miles to Chicago. We've got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark out and we're wearing sunglasses. Number two, we're on a mission from God. Three, I hate Illinois Nazis. Four, how much for the little girl? Five, that's just great, Elwood. The day I get out of prison, my own brother picks me up in a goddamn police car. Six, you can't lie to to him a nun, Jake. Seven, so Jake, you're out, you're free, you're rehabilitated. What's next? What's happening? What are you going to do? You got the money you owe us, motherfucker? Number eight. You're going to look pretty funny trying to eat corn on the cob with no fucking teeth. Number nine. I don't believe it. It's that shitbox dodge again. And finally, number 10. I ran out of gas. I had a flat tire. I didn't have enough money for cab fare. My tux didn't come back from the cleaners. An old friend came in from out of town. Someone stole my car. There was an earthquake, a terrible flood, locusts. It wasn't my fault. I swear to God, it wasn't my fault. <clears throat> Some of the best moments in the movie are the cameos. There's a, there's a who's who of blues legends and stars from the late 70s, including Carrie Fisher. Um, the police car pile up is phenomenal in this. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. I'm hoping you guys have seen this. I know Hugh, you haven't, right? No, I've seen this. Okay, years ago. Uh, the fact that there's a whole thing about Illinois Nazis is in it, and the opening sequence where Elwood, played by Dan Aykroyd, comes to pick up Jake from prison in a in a recently bought cop car. 
and his reaction to it. Um, what I like about this movie is the rude, irreverent humor um, that was a staple of the original Saturday Night Live, since this was a spinoff of one of the skits from there, the awesome music, and as I said above, the quotable, memorable lines. Uh, I give this movie four stars. Uh, I think it's a great movie. Uh, whenever I find it out, I'll sit down and watch it. Um, I even went out of my way and, and ordered a copy of this on Blu-ray. I love this movie. Uh, I went looking for the Blues Brothers when we were in Universal Studios. They still do a show, a stage show there um, of the Blues Brothers, but they weren't playing the day we were there. Uh, like I said, I give it four stars, but our good friend Roger Ebert, he says it's a three-star movie. <clears throat> and this is what he had to say. This is some weird movie. There's never been anything that looked quite like it. Was it dreamed up in a junkyard? It stars John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd as the Blues Brothers, Jake and Elwood, characters who were created on Saturday Night Live and took on a fearsome life of their own. The movie tells us something of their backgrounds. They were reared in a sadistic West Side orphanage, learned the blues by osmosis, and as the movie opens, have teamed up again after Jake's release from the Joliet pen. The movie's plot is a simple one, to put it mildly. The brothers visit their old orphanage, learn that its future is in jeopardy because of $5,000 due in back taxes and determined to rate, raise the money by getting their old band back together and putting on a show. Their odyssey takes them to several sleazy Chicago locations, including a Van Buren flop house, Maxwell Street, and Lower Wacker Drive. They find their old friends in unlikely places, like a restaurant run by Aretha Franklin, a music shop run by Ray Charles, and a gospel church run by James Brown. <clears throat> Their adventures include run-ins with suburban cops, good old boys, and Nazis who are trying to stage a demonstration. One of the intriguing things about this movie is the way it borrows so freely and literally from news events. The plot develops into a sort of musical mad, 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 mad world, with the Blues Brothers being pursued as the same time by avenging cops, Nazis, and an enraged country and Western band led by Charles Napier, that character actor with the, the smile like Jaws. The chase is interpreted from interrupted from time to time for musical numbers, which are mostly very good and filled with high powered energy. Aretha Franklin occupies one of the movie's best scenes in her Southside soul food restaurant. Cab Calloway is a sort of road manager for the Blues Brothers struts through a wonderful old style production of Minnie the Moocher. The brothers themselves star in several improbable numbers. The funniest has the band playing in a country and Western bar where wire mesh has been installed to protect the band from beer bottles thrown by the customers. I was saying the musical numbers interrupt the chase. The fact is, the whole movie is a chase, with Jake and Alwood piloting a used police car that seems as it hurdles across suspension bridges from one side to the other to have a life of its own. There can rarely have been a movie that makes so free with its locations as this one. There are incredible sensational chase sequences under the elevated train tracks, on overpasses, in subway tunnels, under the loop, and literally through Daly Center. One crash in particular, a pileup involving maybe a dozen police cars, I'd say there's more than that, has to be seen to be believed. I've never seen stunt coordination like this before. What's a little startling about the movie is that all of this works. The Blues Brothers cost untold millions of dollars and kept threatening to grow completely out of control but director john landis of animal house has somehow pulled it together with a good deal of help from the strongly defined personalities of the title characters belushi and Aykroyd come over as hard-boiled city guys 
total cynics with a worldview of sublime simplicity and that all fits perfectly with the movie's other parts. There's even room in the midst of the carnage and mayhem for a surprising amount of grace, humor, and whimsy. That was it. That was it. I saw this movie once when I was young, maybe a teenager or something. Uh, I had heard about it for years. Oh, this is the greatest movie. Eh, maybe it'd be different on a, uh, an adult viewing, but I was just, I was expecting it to be hilarious. And it was, I mean, there were funny parts, but it was more weird. And it, it probably didn't help that I had never seen the skits it was based on. So I, I was just kind of like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> I, I just, it, I, I didn't get it. Kind of like I didn't get the Green Knight. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I love this movie. It's it's one of those that again, like I I just love the 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 stupid, rude humor of the whole thing. I mean, the, it clinches it for me. The whole scene when they when they first go back to see the penguin, as they call her, and it devolves into her just beating the shit out of both of them with <laughs> with the ruler until it breaks and and Belushi falls down the stairs stuck in the uh, the the school desk, and it just shatters on the floor. I I love that shit. And again, I, I thought the music was phenomenal in that movie. Uh, the sequel to it, Blues Brothers 2000, not not the best, not not the best in the least. So, you do know that there's people that live their life as if they're Blues Brothers, right? Yes, we we have some in Central New York that do the the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I met them at the fair. Did you? Nice. Get my picture taken with them. Awesome. You should post that. Oh yeah, it's on Facebook or something. <laughs> that doesn't few, surprise me. A few years back. No, I've seen this movie more times than I can count. It's it's hilarious. Good. See, it's hard for me when I'm reading off the the review stuff because I can't see you guys, so I don't know what your reactions are to me doing all this. Um, and it, it made it harder with the sunglasses this time, by the way. So um, but yeah, personally, love this film. Watch it whenever it's on. That's for you, Corbs. Kelly, make sure you tell him. <laughs> All right. What do you guys say we uh, we wrap this show up? We'll kick it to commercial break and uh, finish our stuff. Well, yeah, we uh, we can do that. But before we do. Oh, you have something? Do you, do you have a WTF file this week? I do. Okay. Then I, I'm going to throw this in here right now. Just before. Please do. I, I get a weird email the other day and you know i have in my yahoo folder or my yahoo uh, i have my regular inbox and then i have a spam folder and every once in a while like maybe every two weeks i'll, I'll go over to the spam folder because once in a while something gets shuffled there that shouldn't i think that happens to everybody mm -hmm. and i see lots of weird advertisements and there, there's all sorts of like nasty stuff that shows up in your spam because that's what it's for but i saw this one and just the way it was listed i saw it ignored it few days later, I went back. Finally, I'm like, you know what? I shouldn't click on this, but it's my phone. I'm not going to get a virus on my computer. I just need to open this email because the name of the email was The Squirting. Ooh. And I'm just like, even for like foreign trying to get you to put your credit card in emails. I mean, that's awful, awful grammar. You know, it's like, it's clearly obviously something bad. So I opened this up. I just want to read this to you. Okay. This is what somebody said that they actually expected someone to click on this. 
to get money from them. And the fact that they're doing it means it must work. So there are people out here that open this email and click on the links, okay? All right. It says, like coconut water, turmeric and coronavirus, squirting is having its moment. Squirting is when fluid comes gushing out of a woman's vagina, often accompanied by intense orgasm. It's like having a super soaker between your legs, but not for kids, of course. <laughs> she can't do it by herself. Vibrators won't hit the mark. That's one big reason she needs you and your jackhammer. Few guys know how. That's why when you show her the way, she'll become addicted to you for life. And then there's a, a link to click how to make a woman squirt. I'm just, who in the blue fuck is actually going to fall for that? <laughs> that's that's awful. I, I mean, I felt dirty even just clicking on the thing, but I'm like, this is ridiculous. Coconut water and turmeric. <laughs> I immediately took a <laughs> screenshot and made a note for myself to to bring it up here because I I don't know maybe they're all like that I, I don't generally click on those emails but you know the squirting it sounds like an M Night Shyamalan movie yes it also sounds like it'd be a great title but we cannot use it <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna throw this out here I know I know of a company that's full of very intelligent people that is about to get a male email-based phishing uh, test based on current events. Oh, boy. I guarantee you there will be a high number of failures. People clicking on links because they think they're doing the right thing. Outstanding. When they know better. Intelligent people. People click on that shit all the freaking time. Unsolicited. No idea where it came from. Just curious. Now just see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not it's disheartening is what it is. But I mean that's that's the world we live in and that's why Kevin we have jobs. So um so yeah, on that note, I think we're gonna throw it to commercial and we'll come back with the WTF file. Stick with us, folks. The fourth annual Sci-Fi Horror Fest is coming with an all new location, new guests, and all the same fun, charm, and camaraderie that you've come to know and love. Sci-Fi Horror Fest has a new home for 2022 at the Vernon Downs Casino and Hotel in Vernon, New York. Sci-Fi Horror Fest will be held on August 26th and 27th. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is a family-friendly event featuring fun activities, vendors, and a media area with an eclectic group of podcast personalities. Exciting celebrity guest appearances will be announced soon. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to www.sci-fi-horrorfest.com. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is currently looking for volunteers. This is your chance to be a part of the fun. Please note, details of the event are subject to change due to any lasting issues due to COVID-19. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf for a keyback issue to complete your run? 
How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is THE king of comics. Okay, so this week's WTF file um, is, is pretty fresh. It just it just happened yesterday. Uh, I was sitting at my doctor's appointment yesterday morning. Uh, my nurse is prepping to draw blood, and she has me extend my arm out. She, you know, she does all the, the pokey pokey stuff, and, you know, she rolls over to get her good vantage point to insert the needle, and I'm looking away as I always do. I, I don't like needles, so I, I don't face her um not a fan of them at all anyways she, she's prepping to she's poking the vein and everything and you know i said to her and again i'm looking away like this i said you want the fist she hesitates for just a second and says uh no you you, you can relax and that's when it hits me <laughs> and it's everything i can do to keep from laughing like he's doing right now I just asked this woman if she wants the fist while my hand is literally between her wide open legs. And she answered you. Yes. What the fuck? Good on her. I drove home so fast so I could jot all this shit down yesterday morning. How could because you forget that? That I couldn't forget, but it was fucking great. <laughs> Paul, there's a voice recorder on your iPhone. Yeah, I I, I literally live two minutes from my doctor's office. I had to drive <laughs> around the corner. All right. Um. <laughs> so yeah, uh, guys, what you watching? Go ahead, Kev. You look like you want to launch into something. I get it. I get so it. Glad to hear that. Me I too. get it. I get it. Uh, I'm. I have questions about the ending. I don't. I don't understand some of it. Um. But uh, I mean, are we worried about spoilers? Probably at this. No, point. it's it's no. been out a couple of weeks now. Uh, I... It's been all over everything. I think I was the last one to see it because I didn't get to watch it until we got home from vacation. Why is the bug still okay with Peacemaker? Peacemaker just completely obliterated, you know, com created, committed genocide mm -hmm. on, the, on this bug. But it's still okay with him. Because I think he was the last food source for them. Okay. Wait, what? At the end where they're sitting on the he, porch he has, and the butterfly yeah, shows up. Yeah. Some of the stuff. But, but the bug actually... The bug could have just easily flown into his mouth and taken him over. 
True, but it's still the same food else. source. Yeah, and then go on to find some some of that stuff because there's no way it's all destroyed. There's boxes of jars around somewhere. You would think. So I just though so that's the only part that just like I'm like, wow, uh, this guy just completely obliterated my entire race, and I'm just gonna go hang out with him on his porch. Well, but, maybe he also understands. You know, yeah, I mean, no. they, they did talk realistically right. about it, and there, there was there were two choices, and they were both kind of morally right. Right. Yeah, I I, I get that, but I I oh, but that all aside, I guess I I guess I kind of get the whole peacemaker story now. You know, poor little boy. Mm-hmm. You know, abused by his father, doesn't really understand his place in the world used by the man as a tool and you know basically kept ignorant to the whole thing yeah and trying to be better once he realizes that he's not i think that's really the the moral of the whole story is that's exactly what happened i think i think he's really not a not a bad guy in the end at the end of the story yeah i mean the the one thing the one thing about Peacemaker that we saw right from the first movie he was in is that he he believes he understands the world and himself, and he finds out over the court. That's why he's such a dick, and he's just so uh, out there. Yeah. He's, he, he thinks he's right. It's not a matter of he's doing evil or he's a bad guy. He really thinks he's one of the good guys and, mm-hmm. and doesn't get it. He's not self-aware, and that's what the, the show did was made him self-aware. Yep. I'm very, very anxious to see what they do with season two. So, oh, so did, did both of you guys know this story? I mean, he, I mean, have you read the comic book so you no. knew what was going to happen? Oh, okay. No, I don't even know if this is based on a particular comic book or not. I'm thinking no. not with with oh. the way James Gunn works. I think this was his own brainchild because I don't. Th- I think Peacemaker may have had one short run of comics himself. Like he he's always been like kind of like a a walk on D list character that was acquired in the the purchase from Charlton by DC yeah. like years ago. Hmm. His real biggest contribution was being the uh, the basis for the comedian and Watchmen. Yeah. So, hmm. but now I mean I think you're gonna see him get a much bigger. Part. You know, I know Kevin picks on you about being a James Gunn fanboy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I like pretty much everything I've seen him done, but I, I or seen him do, but I don't know him. I don't follow him. You know that that's not a, a concern for me when evaluating a piece of media. Uh, but I have to say, maybe after this, I am because I, I really think that show was masterfully done and probably couldn't come out have come out of anyone else's head even for someone like kevin who did who thought it thought it was stupid to begin with and and didn't understand it to bring him around that much shows that the guy's really that's smart storytelling yes yeah Yeah. we we need more of that yes so help me out the the opening dance sequence does that tell a story is there a message there no there, there's nothing there other than it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. No, I refuse to believe that. There's more to it. No, listen to 
the companion podcast that they advertise after every episode. Cause the first episode has an interview with James Gunn and he talks about it, how he li- literally just wanted something ridiculous. And the choreographer came up with that masterpiece herself. And like he, he demanded that they were stone faced through the whole thing. Like he wanted no emotion from them doing this ridiculous dance number. I, you know, by the end of it, I look forward to seeing it at the beginning oh, yeah. of every, every, every episode, you know, yes. Kathy and I, we just sit there and laugh our asses off. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the whole stone faced and flipping people off. I mean, <laughs> but I honestly, we're going to find out the choreographer ha- knew something about the story and that bu- she built in, he, she built in something mm-hmm. into that dance that, that gun and no one else knew about. We're going to find this out. I thoroughly believe that because there are some moves that they do that could very easily represent either Peacemaker putting his helmet on and becoming something that he's not, or, you know, the, um, the mask that, um, what was the girl's name? The, uh, what's her name's daughter? Um, whatever her name was, the mask she wore through the whole thing. I mean, there's something in there about the characters in the story. I swear to God. The I, one I, that I, stood out to me was when Mern and Harcourt come out and they almost look like they're puppets. Right. And they come out from the side and they're all you know, puppet-like. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's something to it. Okay. I, the choreographer knew something about the story, the way Gunn was doing it. She had to have. She had to have seen some of the first episode or second episode or something or read something because there are things in that dance that directly relate to things that happened in, in the show. I, I thoroughly believe that. It's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Except for the janitor that doesn't actually appear in the show anywhere, does he? I, yeah, he does. Uh, first episode. Does he? Yep. Oh, okay. Well, right, actually, and, um, and when Peacemaker's talking at school. He's yeah. there too oh, because okay. it's his yeah. kid that brought him in. Yeah. Yeah. That's the guy that he, you know, they shared yeah. a joint or something while he was in the yeah. hospital. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I'm talking about the, the old guy. Maybe not the janitor, the old guy. The old one. The guy. old guy was the neighbor, was okay. his father's oh, neighbor. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. That's a neighbor. Yeah. But so, killing your father, I mean, we, that's deep. Yeah. That's deep. crazy shit there and that was also a twist from the comics apparently apparently those two characters have no ties to each other in the comics they Mm -hmm. that was Hmm. made for the show well like Um, you say if the one wasn't that deep then it was easy to do yeah um and now while while i was on vacation and you guys were raving about this via our our group text um, you said the single best scene from any DC movie. Yep. Was that uh of course it the was the cameos? Yes. The cameo that, that people are bitching about. I can't can't fucking who's be- bitching about people it. People are complaining about that. Yes, because cyborg wasn't in it. So it's all about neither racism. was Batman. Yeah, cyborg and Batman. And both of them. Be- I I don't know. So who was there? There was Aquaman. Superman, Flash, Superman, Flash. and Wonder Woman. Oh, that was Wonder Woman. Okay. Yeah. What's the core four? Fuck off. 
The fact fuck that you, they got even fuck you, Barry. I loved that. that. Was brilliant. <laughs> oh. Uh, the best part of that whole thing is they're all doing their like heroic shit and fucking Peacemaker just stomps through and says, you're fucking late. <laughs> I love that. that was the perfect way to end that show. That was, that yeah. was great. That was good. And I was really, really surprised that they got uh, Momoa and that was the actor for Flash, Flash yes. right? Yeah. The new uh, actor. Ezra Miller. But okay, it was it was body doubles for Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot. They I were was not pretty sure, obviously, since they, they never really faces, showed so, them. Yeah. yeah, you figure they don't show their faces, so yeah, whatever. Um, but that's but it was cool. I mean, Momoa showed up and and the you know the other guy, the Flash, the guy there. So yeah, was, I, I love that that they could come and have fun with it too. You yeah. Know what I mean? Didn't I read somewhere that they uh, Marvel actually filmed that for them? really yes it, it was what it was is somebody fuck. he had he had filmed a screen test i can't remember what it is now there's some crossover there from when he was doing guardians and they had done a favor for dc so they actually returned the favor i believe it was for that scene so it was actually gotcha. filmed well, on a, on a, i could be i know that happened maybe it wasn't that scene i'm pretty sure it was though okay uh, Shit, I'll have to look it up now. <laughs> so you're talking it was just a studio owned by Marvel? Uh or maybe it was a, a Marvel. It was probably they, during know, the Guardians actually, shoot. Yeah, they, they, they were like okay filmed it oh, on the yeah. Mar- on the Marvel oh, soundstage. I got that's it. cool. I, got it. I, got it. I don't understand what people can be complaining about. I mean the complaining because the the yep. well, other than the fact that the you know the other two characters weren't there, they were complaining because the Justice League didn't get okay. involved. Wasn't their fight? Wasn't their deal? James Gunn reveals Peacemaker season one finale surprise DC cameo was actually filmed by the Marvel crew working on Guardians of the Galaxy volume. Two. Oh wow, nice, neat. That's neat. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, I'm trying to remember what was because he had done a screen test. Ah, he did. Um, the Peacemaker crew filmed Chuck Woody Iwiji's screen test for guardians of the galaxy okay yeah because uh yeah he, he's got a yeah. apparently a pretty significant part in yeah. guardians 3 and that's good because that guy was awesome so i'm pretty sure i know who he's playing in guardians 3 but i don't want to yeah. spoil that hmm. so and it should be a really cool part well as long as you don't spoil tony khan's announcement for tonight's dynamite i'm good didn't he already do that <laughs> It was off mic, though. <clears throat> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Fuck you, Barry. Yeah, so for all for everyone at home, we come into the, the, the show before we start recording the very first segment. Now, I've been, you know, Tony Khan's been saying he has a big announcement for tonight's Dynamite, so I was going to stay off social media until I can watch it tomorrow. We come in to the zoom meeting the first thing paul says hey tony khan's got an announcement and and tells me what it apparently was before i even had a chance to say a word so it's just <laughs> he didn't even get a chance to be like don't stop stop <laughs> sorry <laughs> anyway moving on uh moving on uh so the walking dead's back yeah what do you yeah, guys so, think so far so far so good um I really hope that the whole Daryl and Carol show isn't a red herring uh, because they see, seem to be moving Daryl into Rick's position in the comics. 
and that doesn't end well. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be really pissed off if that's the case. I mean, if you can take this many liberties with the, uh, the source material, you can take a liberty here and, and you know, because I want to see the Daryl and Carol show. I think that would be a, a shot in the arm for the franchise. Mm-hmm. And where yeah. did Negan go? Yeah, is he gone? That's a good question. He's not gone. That's I can't see them writing him out. Well, this people are people are saying that maybe they're going the the comics route, and he's going to live alone, and then Maggie will find him, and then she's going to kill him, and says, "No, I won't. You're too pathetic." But she kind of already did that once before, mm-hmm. and that would be again taking liberties with the source material. He's been around longer than he should have already. Uh, he's a good character. Keep him there. Right. Be irritating for them to course correct now mm-hmm. when. You know, not now we like the guy. I mean, we were supposed to only kind of like him before. He's actually had a somewhat of a redemption arc, you know. There, uh, I don't, I don't want to see that same stupid bullshit. I want to see him there at the end. Yeah, I just want to meet Jeffrey D. Morgan someday. He, him, and his wife live in upstate New York here, mm-hmm. out out in the Rome area. So, I would love someday to be out on a motorcycle and come across him and uh, Norman Reedus riding their bikes i just think that'd be the fucking shit doesn't he also have a i think we talked about this before he's they don't he he is half owner of a candy shop with uh paul rudd yeah yeah something like that yeah 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 uh so far so good like you said though i'm enjoying this season i'm glad to have the original show back oh yeah yeah for the first time in like five years it's better than the spinoffs yeah i thought it'd be a little bit weird in the direction they took um, but I kind of get it. Um, there's so much, you know, weirdness going on within um, the Commonwealth that it kind of fits that our our people would be there to kind of you know weave in and out of it and kind of mm-hmm. figure out what's going on. And Sebastian's a douche. Is he? He seems to be. Yes. Is he? I think he is. He's a little man with a lot of power, or wants a lot of power. Yes. Just as long as he doesn't invade Ukraine. <laughs> I, maybe, you know, maybe planning just that. I, I, I do think that even though I know the source material, yeah, there are some problems there, but it's working. Our characters always have to show up and fuck up every other settlement they find. Very true. Just, just to adjust things to their moral compass, which isn't necessarily wrong, but it's also not necessarily right. Right. That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, it was like Carol said in the episode. Maybe we don't have to, like, fix something. Yeah. So. Right. Well, I always go back to um, there was an episode of The Walking Dead where they posited that if you had come into The Walking Dead at the time, or from a different angle, and and actually come into Negan's world, and then saw Rick's people come in, you would think that Rick's people were evil what happened yep. with them and what they did to negan and his people as as vile as negan was as harsh and overlord as he was you would have you would have believed rick's people to be the bad guys yep and i mm-hmm. always think about that when we're in situations like this it's like why are they right why i mean okay this place isn't perfect it's there if you want to be there just follow the rules Okay, there's a class system. You don't have to like it. You could leave. So, 
I don't know. I think about that a lot. Sorry, I didn't mean to kill the conversation. <laughs> no, it's okay. Are we uh, moving on from Walking Dead? Yes. Uh, I have a couple things just to throw out there really quick. Um, first of all, uh, if we weren't recording tonight, we would have finished uh, Vikings Valhalla on Netflix. Um, it's a spinoff of the original Vikings um, show on history. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to spoil anything because this is brand new. What I will say is, at first, a little weird to see Kattegat and people who aren't the characters we know, but the production value and the feel of the world is the same. It quickly sucks you in. Um, the worst part about this show is the first season's only eight episodes. Um, it, it's uh, excellent, and uh, we're loving it so far. And man, I just wish they'd. I know they can't. Netflix won't do the same kind of episode count history chant or history did when they did the original Vikings. But man, they need more than eight episodes. There's just, you know, so much story to tell, and it's done so well. Uh, moving on from that. Um, New movie came out on Shudder this past Friday. It's called Hellbender. It's a movie that uh, I've been following for a while. It's done by, I believe it's a husband and wife team who uh, have gotten some uh, accolades on previous stuff. Um, this is one of their, their biggest release so far. And a quick concept idea. Um, imagine, you know, a young woman and her mother live out in the woods. Um, they are special in a way, um, you know, it, it, with a, a dark power. And they live out there. To kind of because the mother doesn't want the daughter to become what she is and um obviously hilarity and bloodshed ensues um I, I will say this was an excellent excellent movie not something i've ever seen done yet like it's rare you find something completely original and it's really it's really good um i can't say a bad thing about the movie it, it's not derivative of anything that i can recall seeing uh so great movie. It's called Hellbender, uh, available on Shutter. They they bought it, so it's a Shutter exclusive right now. And finally, um, I ran out of things to watch, you know, when when there's not wrestling to watch and stuff. So I finally took a plunge into something I've uh, heard about for years. I started watching Riverdale. Okay. Now, if you don't, Riverdale is an adaptation of the Archie comics, except it's not. You know, I remember Archie's Digest. You know, in the, the supermarket line as you're you're checking out your groceries as a kid and it was all wholesome good family fun um this is dark there's deceit murder um all all sorts of stuff i mean it, it's definitely not archie but it's based on all of those characters uh, i'm not going to say that this is on the level of game of thrones or anything uh, by any stretch of the imagination um but i had uh stayed away from it because it was a cw show and because it was based on you know the the whitest bread of white bread comics you could ever imagine. Um, it's pretty good. At the very least, it's compelling and it, it sucks you into the point where you you want to see what happens next. Um, all, maybe little soap opery, opera y in that way. Um, definitely worth checking out if you haven't. I, I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed. All the characters are well acted. Um, the production is good it's got some some great like luke perry you know he's gone now but uh that this was his last role great seeing him again um good show all around i'm enjoying it i'm on c uh almost at the end of season two nice i've seen it advertised i just i haven't given it a shot apparently it's got a cult following especially on netflix so it's it's like bigger than it seems like it is so I, I I'd re- finally seen enough articles about, you know, how Riverdale is great that I finally had to pull the trigger and watch it. And yeah, I, I'm hooked. Nice. Very cool. Kev, uh, you had one more 
to talk about, didn't you? Yeah, I don't recognize very many of the actors and actresses. No, they're they're all. I think they're all new. Well, I'll, I'll watch it. So yeah, so we we burned through a bunch of stuff in the last couple of weeks. I didn't even bother to write down all the movies and stuff we've seen. Some some good ones, some okay. Um, but I, for whatever reason, um, I think Kathy got suggested this by her sister. We started watching Longmire, which is a um, basically a cop show based in Wyoming. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and uh, I don't write, you know, never seen the actor that plays Longmire the sheriff. That's the name of the sheriff in this town. I've never seen him before, nor have I seen very many of the other actors, although there's quite a few actors that filter through um, in secondary roles that are known at least TV actors, if not movie actors. Uh, but the one saving grace in my mind, other than the fact that it's got really good writing, um, I'll explain what I mean in a second. Um, but the the second uh, role in this movie, other than the sheriff, is the, I don't know if she's an under sheriff or she's a, just a deputy. I think she's just a deputy, is uh, the character that Katie Sackoff plays. So I, in my mind, she's a bit of an overactor in this. Um, she kind of uh, goes out of her way to be misplaced, followed her husband to this area because he's in the oil business. Um, uh, she's from some, what is it, Denver or something like that originally, um, some bigger city, not Denver, um, I forget what, uh, Boston, uh, maybe where she was a police officer. Now she's here and she's like, well, what the hell am I doing here? And she, you know, she's constantly going through that kind of, that kind of BS, but the writing is really, really good. So if you've watched cop shows before that kind of, oh, here's another thing that happened and well, we got to figure out who did it. You know, the old Scooby-Doo mystery van rides into town and they got to figure out who did it. It's fun trying to figure out what happened because they'll throw a twist in that you didn't see coming. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I never saw that. I never, it's been pretty well every episode so far. We're on episode five or six or something like that in the first season. So if you like that sort of thing, if you've ever liked that sort of, uh, you know, the cop shows um, where there's an obvious good guy, but he's got some, you know, kind of a, you know, shady past. Um, he's not, he's not perfect by any means, but uh, he's doing the right thing for the most part. And then there's this, you know, the internal conflict there, but then there's also the, you know, the peripheral characters that have some interesting stories, plus a very good storyline that changes every, every show. Uh, I would, I would highly suggest this. It's, it's better than it looks on the cover. Nice. For sure. For sure. Awesome. You know, I wanted to tell you, thank you for your last recommendation, by the way, Kev, um, Reacher was fantastic, especially episode four. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. Glad you liked Definitely it. worth a watch. Another one on my list. I have a very long list of stuff to catch up on. I'm trying to think. Episode four. What happened in episode four? What was the what was the what was the problem? You should go solving? back and rewatch it. Okay. <laughs> I would I I do that. I do that. It's yes. it, I liked it. All right. 
Looks like we've reached the end here, fellas. Hooray. <clears throat> All right. Well, I think I'll just uh, wrap this up with my wisdom nuggets. That I've Drop been, I've, your nuggets. I've been holding on to these ones for a couple weeks. <clears throat> Scars heal. Glory fades. And all we're left with are memories that have been made. Yeah, pain hurts, but only for a minute. Life is short, so go on and live it. Good night, everybody, and megabyte me, bitches. This has been a Geek Pod Network production.